Hey, so this podcast is all about team building. And so I know that you are probably here because you're thinking about hiring or building a team, or maybe you've even started to do so, but still have a lot of questions about how to do it the right way. Growing your team is a huge step. Even if you're just thinking about it, I applaud you. And also, there are a lot of things that you might not even think about that can be absolutely disastrous for a newly growing company if you don't know that you need to be aware in advance. So I created a guidebook for you. It's called The 10 Pitfalls of Growing a Creative Team. And that's gonna help you avoid the things that can wreak havoc on your business if you're not careful. Things that I really wish someone had told me when I first started growing a team. It's a free guidebook, so you can download your copy right now. Just click that link in the top of the episode description, or you can go to hannahbjorndahl.com slash guidebook. That's H-A-N-N-A-H-B-J-O-R ndal.com slash guidebook. What do you think of when you hear the word identity? What about when you think about your own identity? Who are you? Identity is what makes you, you. It's all of those qualities, beliefs, character traits, values, all of those things that make you an individual, that make you unique. Knowing who you are, Well, that's pretty important to being a healthy, well-functioning, whole human being. Our businesses also have an identity. And as the owner and creator of that business, we get to have a say about exactly what that identity is. However, a lot of business owners allow their businesses to just float along without a clearly defined identity. In fact, they haven't ever really thought about who their business is or why. So is this you? If the answer is yes, or even if the answer is, "Mm, I'm not sure, maybe, it's okay. Most businesses don't start with a clearly defined identity. This is something that takes time to understand, discover, and then clearly define. But once you've been in business for a while, you've gained some traction, you have a regular client base, you've experienced some success, well, now it's time to start paying attention to that identity so that you can make it clear to the world and to yourself exactly who your business is and why. The reason? Because your identity is the foundation from which you build your business. I'm going to share more about why this is important in today's episode, as well as how to clearly define your business's identity. Specifically, I have three different important elements that make up your business's identity. And so we'll talk about all of those today. Let's get started. I'm Hannah Bjorndahl, and you're listening to Everyone Wins. overwhelmed by all the things you think you should be doing in your business? Like you have a million amazing ideas that you know will make your business better, and yet you can't seem to find time to even accomplish one of them? Do you feel frustrated, disappointed, and maybe even a little bit guilty that you haven't reached that next level? I remember feeling this way too, and I have great news for you, my friend. It doesn't have to be that way, which is why I'm so glad you're here. Everyone Wins is a podcast for business owners like you, smart, successful, and passionate about your business. I'm here to help you achieve your best and most fulfilled life, one that is free from the burdens of all the shoulds 
and laser focused on the things that will really make an impact, both on your business and your life. Okay, so I have to be honest and say that defining my business's identity has been a long journey with a lot of bumps along the way. I have had a very hard time getting clear on this. If you've ever done exercises in defining your company's brand, which is very similar and yet still different to identity, then you may have had experiences like I have, difficulties in defining this. Here's why I think it's difficult. I've heard a lot of business experts talk about brand. I've heard a lot about personal brand and about story brand and making sure your brand is unique in order to only attract your ideal customers. And you know what? I found that this is pretty darn overwhelming, and here's why. In the past, I was largely looking at the outer layer of my business, the more superficial stuff, things like my editing style and my favorite type of wedding venues and the words I use to describe our photography style, the way I like to interact with clients and give 100%. Also, when thinking about brand, I was looking for specific hobbies and interests that I personally might share with my clients in hopes that that might connect with them. So things like loving to travel and enjoying certain types of food, having a sweet little pet dog that I love, being obsessed with the country of Italy. While all these things were true and I did connect with clients in a lot of these specific ways, it kind of felt superficial. Like, don't most people like to travel? A lot of people love dogs. Who doesn't love Italy? And so I felt kind of stuck. I felt like this business identity was, first of all, not unique at all to just me. Two, weirdly mixed up with my personalities in ways I was kind of unsure about. And three, not actually that deep, like there was no substance there. I noticed that while I would share a bunch of different similarities with customers, some of these customers were actually still not great clients for our business, and I just couldn't figure out why. Then... When I started getting more strategic about my business and thinking deeply about where I hoped and dreamed the business would go, things got a lot more clear. I realized that the superficial stuff can be a fun way to connect with customers, but it shouldn't be a part of my core identity as a business. My business's core identity should have way more substance. Specifically, I needed to understand the answers to a few important questions. Why do we do what we do? How do we do what we do? And why do we do it that way? And who appreciates our how and why the most? I want to break down how to answer these questions in a way that will really have impact on your business so that you can get clear on its identity and then use that identity to drive your business forward, communicate with the world, and grow like crazy. So let's do just that. Let's talk about three core elements of your business's identity and how to get 100% clear on each one of them. So first, let's go through those three elements. And if you've listened to my episode two weeks ago, you already know what they are. One, core values. Two, focus. And three, ideal customer profile. I'm going to walk you through what each one of these is and then how to get to work on defining each one. So are you ready? Let's do this. First, let's talk about your business's values. Do you have clearly defined values for your business? If I were to guess, I would say that probably half of you who are listening are going to answer yes, and the other half would say no. 
no matter what your answer is to this question, there's a lot to think about here. And I will tell you firsthand that my values changed several times before I actually got it right. So what are company values anyway? Well, company values are a concise, timeless list of core beliefs that describe and define how you do your work and why. They outline what is most important to the way you work, and they act as a guide in ensuring work is done in a uniform way. It doesn't matter if you are a company of 100 employees or just a one-woman show or one-man show, your company values give your business roots. They lay a foundation and give meaning to your work. If you plan on ever growing your team just beyond one person, having clearly defined values will allow you to hire intentionally as well. It'll allow you to hire, train, develop employees in a uniform way that promotes teamwork and ultimately it will ensure your clients continue to have that same wonderful experience no matter who they work with, which obviously is the goal, right? If you're growing your team. But even if you don't hire anyone and you just continue to work as a company of one, your values are the foundation from which you can communicate with potential customers in a way that reaches them on a deeper level. It's how you connect with them. It's how you showcase why you are the right choice. If a customer values the things that you also value, then they're going to appreciate you deeply and have a fantastic time working with you. If a customer doesn't really care about the values that make up who you are as a business, then those things you work so hard to do well won't really matter to them and both sides, you and that customer, will probably experience some disappointment. If you found yourself branding and marketing like I used to do, trying to reach clients based on superficial qualities and interests, then you may run into this situation. You feel like you've done a really great job for your customer and it aligns with your typical quality of work and yet they're not totally happy with the job that's been done. They're not excited about what they got from you. Establishing core values for your business helps guide you to customers who will actually love and appreciate you and it also allows you to be incredibly intentional in the way you work because you've clearly defined the most important things. It's interesting how when I actually defined core values for my business, I realized that a few things that were foundational to the way I wanted to be doing business weren't always happening because I had been distracted by the things that didn't actually matter. So for instance, one of our core values is always exceed expectations. A few years ago, I had a client who had a handful of special requests, and to be honest, these requests, they weren't that big of a deal, but I had been distracted by all this noise in the creative entrepreneurial world that was telling me, don't make special exceptions for clients. They need to understand that that's unreasonable and it's ridiculous for them to ask you to do this and that, etc. So for years, I had intentionally been really kind and flexible with special requests, especially when they were easy to deliver upon. But I was hearing all this talk about not bending to your client's requests and sticking to your guns, and it started to kind of affect me. I began to say no to things that would honestly have taken like three minutes and would have really exceeded my client's expectations. So when I defined my values, I realized that exceeding expectations, doing what it takes to really go above and beyond, no matter what the circumstance, this is a core value for our company. It makes us different. And that is actually something to embrace because we believe wedding photography is incredibly important and making sure we go above and beyond for our couples in every way, this is how we believe we should be doing the job. 
Can you see how defining core values makes a difference? This might not be how every business does business. In fact, I expect not, and that's okay. But that's something that made us unique and makes our clients love us. So you might be wondering, how do you create core values? I am here to help. I've got some steps for you to go through. The very first thing I want you to do is to set aside time. You'll hear me say this often when it comes to anything strategic or business planning, and especially as we're discussing these four essentials to growing and scaling your business in this refocus series, you need to make intentional, uninterrupted time to do this kind of work. It requires a lot of headspace and you don't want to be distracted or deal with constant interruptions. Just like writing a personal vision statement, which I shared about in last week's episode, plan a block of time to totally set aside to explore your core values as well as the other elements of your identity that we'll talk about in a few minutes. You're going to spend this special set aside time reflecting, researching, drafting, writing, and rewriting your business's core values. Now, it's important to know that your core values actually already exist within your business. Your job is simply to find them and then clearly define them. This, in my opinion, is really freeing because I'm not worrying about creating something out of thin air. Honestly, if you were creating values out of thin air, that would probably be pretty inauthentic and not based in reality because it would be something you wished you were practicing, not something you've actually practiced in your business. This process of discovering allows you to dig in and uncover the most precious, unique elements of your business that are worth sharing with the world. And like I shared before, you might discover some things that have been a little bit inconsistent within your business, like maybe you practice them sometimes and not other times. That's another reason why this is important. You're able to identify the elements of your business, the values that you really want to focus in on and make sure every single client experiences. So set that time aside, preferably away from your home if you work from home, block it off in advance on your calendar, don't let anything interfere with it, and now it's time to get to work. So first thing, gather some research. There are two main sources to pull research from, your clients, which is external, and yourself or your team members, which is internal to your business. What we want to do here is to understand what clients love about working with you and what you love about doing your work. So first, let's talk about the external. There are multiple ways you can gather information from past clients. The easiest place to start is by looking at your reviews. If you've been in business for even just a few years, you probably have some reviews someplace online or maybe even some client testimonials on your website. If you don't have any public reviews online, take a look back at thank you emails from clients or any other place where a client has said a kind word. Gather all this together, you can put it into one big document and then spend time analyzing what you see. And if you wanna go a step further, you can even create a customer feedback survey to regularly send out to your clients after you're done working with them. This is obviously something that if you start right now might take a little time to gather that information, but it is a great way to regularly hear feedback from clients and you can even build it into the way you work with a client so that that goes out to them in the final email you send or something like that. But for the sake of this exercise, let's say that you haven't had time to do that yet and you're just pulling from the reviews that you have online and any other feedback you have gotten from clients naturally or organically. 
So it's time to analyze. And when I say analyze, I don't mean that you need to do anything fancy or with numbers. I'm talking about looking for common phrases, words, or themes. What do clients like most about you? Start circling and underlining, pull out keywords and phrases, create a running list of what stands out the most. You can also do this with feedback from peers in your industry or even friends. What are people saying about you? What stands out? Understanding these themes will ultimately help you develop your core values. So after you've taken an external look, it's time to look internally. The question to ask is, what am I most proud of about the way in which I work? Start to list all the strategies, methods, and attitudes you have towards your work and your clients. What are you most proud of? It's okay to allow yourself to be influenced by your previous external research. This can actually be really helpful. You might not have realized a strength or characteristic consciously until identifying it something that clients really love. So embrace that and consider what you're most proud of from that feedback as well. As you're doing this, it's important to understand that you should take the focus off of the literal work you're doing and think about the way in which you do it. For example, as a wedding photographer, I wouldn't want to list photo style or a specific wedding gallery I was proud of. And yes, I could look back at a specific wedding day and a gallery of photos I sent and consider why I was so proud of that gallery, but your values should transcend your line of work. So in other words, you should be able to apply your values to a different type of business and they still make sense. So I could ask myself, why is my photo style something to be proud of? Why is that wedding gallery one that I was super proud of? The answer could be a lot of different things. Maybe it's because I was creative and I thought outside the box to create something really unique and beautiful. Or maybe it's because I paid incredibly close attention to detail and I didn't miss a single thing. Or maybe it's even because I made the couple look and feel really great and they were so excited about that. This thing is the thing to focus on, the way in which I did the work, not the work itself. So the outcome of that might be being really creative, thinking outside the box, having super close attention to detail, or making people feel comfortable. So those are all values that could be pulled out of why I was proud of that wedding gallery, but it's not about the work itself. Does that make sense? Hopefully it does. So keep a running list of all of these things. After you've finished your research, you can move on to refining. Look at that list you've come up with. Can any be combined or condensed? Do any need to be reworded or more specifically described? Refine your list and remove anything that doesn't really ring true to your business. Also, write out further descriptions of each potential value after refining that list to more clearly understand what you're getting at. Finally, the last step is to make some difficult decisions and narrow down your core values to be a maximum of seven. The number seven isn't really special for any reason, but there seems to be general consensus in the business world that seven is just about the largest number of values that makes sense to have if you want your values to have serious impact on your business. If you work with anyone else within your business, it's a good idea to involve them in this step and ask if any values stick out to them as spot on or not so true to your business. This last step can be completed tentatively, so sitting on them for a week or so, sharing them with a few people, discussing and deciding if they ring true, that's a good thing to do. And then you can finalize them after a period of probation, a couple weeks, a month, so that you can feel really confident about your list. A few more things to know about your company values. 
First, unlike personal vision, value shouldn't change. Adding, removing, or changing a value should happen incredibly rarely, if ever. And the reason is because these defining values are the core of who you are as a business. And that core identity should be consistent and solid. By keeping your core values as core, you'll be able to communicate clearly with the world who exactly you are as a company. If you do this process really well the first time, then it won't even be an issue. The important thing, honestly, isn't so much what each of your core values are. Every business is different. The important thing is that they are very clearly defined and communicated and that you consistently live them out. This not only allows you to reach people on a deep, specific level, but also builds trust through reliability and consistency. Ultimately, it's going to allow you to put your heart and soul into your work with full confidence that you're headed in the right direction. So that's core values. Now let's talk about your business's focus. Your business's focus is different than values. Focus is the specific work that you do, both from a mission perspective, so how do you want your business to make the world a better place, and a literal work perspective. What exactly is it that you do? The purpose of defining your focus is to be very clear on the what and the why. This allows you and anyone else who works for your business to have clarity. You will always be able to answer in a nutshell, what do you do and why? And when you're able to answer that, you can be unwavering in your focus on it, which will drive your business forward. So I break out focus into two categories, purpose and niche. And I specifically get this concept from a book called Traction by Gina Wickman. I've referenced this book before. A lot of the way I run my business has been inspired and impacted by this book, but this concept in particular comes directly from traction. So purpose and niche. Let's talk about each one and how to define them. First, purpose. Your purpose is essentially your mission statement. It describes at the highest level what your business seeks to accomplish, your reason for being. Your purpose is not specific to your industry. So much like values, it goes beyond the work itself. Your purpose describes the impact that you wish to have upon the world. Now, you might be wondering why the heck you need this or if in your line of work, you could even have a purpose like that. And my answer is yes, you do. And the reason is because every business should be working towards a greater purpose than simply making money doing the job that you do. Every single business out there has an opportunity to contribute flourishing to the world, whether you realize it or not. The name of my podcast, Everyone Wins, it's all about this concept that when you do a great job, when you have a strategic business and you have a mission and a niche and a focus, then everyone wins. You win and your clients win, the people who work with you wins. So getting back to it, you need a purpose. You need a mission statement for your business because this is your opportunity to go outside of yourself and impact the world. When you understand how you are contributing to the flourishing of our world, your why, this allows you and your team members to work with confidence, with pride, with excitement that what you do on a day-to-day -day basis matters. I don't know about you, but in my darkest periods of burnout in the past, I really needed this why. I needed to remember that my work mattered, not just to me, but to my customers, to the people I'm serving, to the world. Maybe you think I'm crazy for saying that, but it is true. To take an example from my own work, our wedding photography matters. 
And it matters because it's the lasting record of one of the most important, significant days of a person's life. It matters because it reminds a married couple of the joy of their relationship and the commitment that they've made to one another, even on their hardest days. It matters because it documents togetherness. It matters because it celebrates relationships. And we believe relationships, people, are one of the best parts of life. So my photography business's purpose, our mission statement, is to celebrate marriage and relationships. You'll notice that this isn't in any way specific to photography or really even the wedding industry. It mentions marriage, but it doesn't mention weddings. But at the core, this is the purpose of our photography. We are on a mission to celebrate marriage and relationships. And so the obvious next question is, how do you accomplish that? And that is where niche comes in. But before we get to niche, a couple notes about how to write your own mission statement. It should be action-oriented, starting with something like our purpose or our mission is to... It should be short and to the point, like 10 words maximum. It should be from the core of your business, from the heart. It should be much bigger than a single goal. It should be timeless. And it shouldn't have anything to do with money if that isn't already obvious. Writing your purpose or your mission statement, it takes time. It takes some soul searching. If you have no clue where to start, just start asking why questions to yourself and writing it down. Starting with what do you do and why? And then keep asking why after you answer it. This will take some time to really get right, so don't be discouraged if you have to rewrite this over and over. I do encourage you to set a time frame, like a time limit, write and revise over the course of the next few weeks, and then have a deadline for yourself so that you can make the official statement by that day. Otherwise, you're just going to be in a continual cycle of rewriting and rewriting, and this is another thing that you don't want to be changing a lot. So take some time to get it right, and then set that deadline for yourself. Next, let's talk about your business's niche. Niche is the what. What do you do exactly? What specifically do you do within your industry? The purpose of this niche is that it filters out anything and everything that you should not be doing. It prevents you from trying to be all things to all people. For my own business, defining our niche meant only taking on wedding photography jobs. No more random one-off family sessions or headshot sessions or portraits, just couples. To be honest, this was the best. I had formerly thought that in our slower season, it would be a good thing for me to take on like little jobs here and there because I had the time and it would boost my income. But that work was really soul-sucking because I didn't like it. And also, it wasn't in our sweet spot as a business. I didn't have amazing systems or processes built for that type of work. So I wasn't able to serve those clients to the best of my abilities. It ended up being very time-consuming as a result, and I wasn't able to rest in my off-season and get strategic about the upcoming year or devote all my time to my engaged couples. Not only that, I wasn't really laser-focused on the key clients that we really did need to book for the upcoming season, but eliminating all work other than couples wedding photography allowed me to zero in on exactly who we were trying to reach and get really good at that one thing. So what about you? What's your niche? Your goal here is to identify the one thing that you do as specifically as possible and then work towards being the very best you can be at that one thing. 
So this is kind of a silly example, but I love it. Orville Renbacher's niche is simply popcorn, which that's what we all know them by, right? So what's your niche? It might not be as simple and one-worded as that, but it should be very concise and clear. Start with identifying your specific industry and then really zero in on the specifics. The ultimate test of a well-written niche is that it is specific enough to eliminate anyone other than your best customers, but also not exclude a single one of those customers in the process. So niche also takes a little bit of time to figure out and define. So do the same thing that you did with your mission statement. Set a deadline and then stick to that deadline while refining it along the way up until that point. And then set your niche and be confident about it. going to pause from this episode for a minute to talk to you about what I think is one of the best ways to elevate your business's market position. Let me tell you about our episode sponsor, Baskin Co. If you've been following me for a while, you know that in the past, my website was a struggle. I spent hours and hours of time trying to find a great web designer, but I found that it was really hard to find someone who was willing to take a deep dive into my very specific and very real website needs. Enter Megan Baskin from Baskin Co. Baskin Co. is a modern website design and brand strategy studio that works with creative entrepreneurs like you so you can book your dream clients, increase your prices, and elevate your market position to break into the luxury market. While her website designs are absolutely stunning, BCO also specializes in creating highly strategic designs that will drive your business towards your biggest goals, which is one of the many reasons why she is the best. Megan actually cares about the why behind your website. Baskin Co. redesigned my own website, and during our big rebrand, she was the true MVP. She walked me through every step of the process, paying attention to the smallest of small details that made the biggest impact. Most BCO clients opt for a payment plan, and just for being a listener of this podcast, Megan will cover your first payment, so that means your first payment is free. Just make sure you mention Everyone Wins. So if you want a stylish website that takes your business to the next level, you can connect with Megan at baskinco.com. That's B-A-S-K-I-N-C-O.com or on Instagram at baskin.co. Now let's get back to the conversation. So we've talked about your core values, we've talked about your focus, and the final element to talk about is your ideal customer profile. Your ideal customer profile is the prototype of a customer who is a perfect fit for your business. This is the last part of writing up your identity because this prototype, it should be written with your values and your focus in mind. They should align. The goal with an ideal customer profile is to start to paint a clearer picture of who you are trying to reach so that you can clearly communicate with them. The values and the focus, they allow you to think broadly about who you are as a business. And now it's time to think about facing outward and how to communicate this to the world. And this starts with building this profile. Now, I was a little bit nervous to talk about this because I hear a lot about this idea of ideal customers and reaching them. And I'm hesitant to share about this because like I shared before, a lot of this can often lead towards surface level things. And you don't want to just scratch the surface and reach 
customers based on surface level preferences or hobbies or interests. That's not the best way to really connect with the best customers possible. However, painting the picture of your ideal customer after you've done the work to identify your values and your focus, now is the time that you can start painting that picture in a way that actually makes an impact. And it also makes sense because you've been thinking deeply about the core of your business. So I wanna say that all in advance, just because I think it is an important part of developing this ideal customer profile. And once you're here, there are a lot of great ways to approach writing this up. You've probably heard of some ways to do it. There's no one right way. The important thing is to really develop that core of your identity first, like I said before, and then you can move on to this step. I have found personally that the best way to come up with an ideal customer profile is to think of all the clients I've had in the past and identify which one most closely aligns with my values and my focus. So take a minute to think about that. Is a specific client coming to mind that really aligns with your values and your focus? If you don't have any specific client that was a perfect fit in this way, you can actually combine a few different clients into that dream client. From there, you want to get inside this person's mind based on your experience with them. Ask yourself, what is most important to this person in their life? Who is most important to them? What do they spend their time doing? And more importantly, why do they spend their time doing that? What delights them more than anything in life? When working with a business like yours, what makes the biggest impression or impact to them? What do they notice? What do they appreciate? There are a lot of other questions you can ask too, but the goal is to get deep here, get below the surface level of interests and deep to the core of who they are, what their values are. Write out as many descriptors as you can, keeping that real life client or clients in mind all along. After you've spent some time writing up as much as you can think of, look at what you have, read through it. Does this sound like your ideal client? Does it ring true? Does this person value the kind of specific work that you do? And if so, why? Challenge yourself. Go one step deeper. Finally, when you have that list, write it up as a one-page description. It can be a paragraph story format or a bulleted list. Whatever makes the most sense to you, write it out as your official ideal client profile. Attach a photo of that person to the page if you can. You need to be able to really visualize this person as clearly as possible so that you can speak directly to them anytime you create any marketing material. You really want to be speaking in a specific way that connects at a core level with the people who are a good fit for you. So that's the concept behind all of this. And I think using a real person is the most effective way to do this because there are so many little specific nuances to real people. So when you're thinking about a real person and talking to them, almost subconsciously, you're able to think of all different types of ways that you would connect with that person in conversation. So if possible, use that real life person as your starting point. If you're really struggling to come up with anyone you've worked with that feels like a good alignment to all the other elements of your identity, then you can think about this even more broadly. Think about your friends or people that you know that you see as a good fit, someone who aligns in that way. Use that person as your starting point. It might sound a little bit weird, but you can share it if it's a close friend and it might even flatter them. Just be sure that they really do align with your identity. 
So formalize that profile once it's written up and make it official. You have your ideal client profile. You can refine this over time. I absolutely think that's one part of identity that actually can constantly evolve and grow because essentially you're learning more and more about this person. So add to it, refine it, make it more true to life. For all three of the categories we talked about today, values, focus, and customer profile, it's important to keep these things all in one place so that it's easily accessible and visible to you. I suggest keeping them all within like one document that is accessible to other team members if you do have other team members. So for us, outside of being visible on my desk, we also have this stored on a Google Drive where everyone can access it. Just like a personal vision, having this printed out and visible will allow you to make it a part of your business more quickly. So let it affect you. The decisions you make for your business, the customers you work with, the way you talk about your work, all of it, let this affect it. Your business's identity is your foundation. You now know who you are as a company. You can market effectively, say yes and no to work with confidence, and ultimately feel excited and motivated by what you're doing. I hope you're feeling that. By laying this foundation first with your personal vision and then with your business identity, you have laid the groundwork to be able to write an effective strategic business plan for the next year. This is what we're working towards. You have done the heavy lifting in these first two steps. So pat yourself on the back because honestly, I really do think that the hardest work is over once you accomplish identity and once you've written a personal vision statement. This takes a lot of mental and emotional capacity to do. If you've started working, you know. It's really difficult work. So now we're ready for the fun stuff. Stay tuned for next week's episode, which is all about writing that business plan the roadmap to success in the next year. It's going to be so awesome. So thank you for listening today. The last three weeks of episodes have been really fun for me to record because I am so passionate about this stuff. I have really poured my heart and soul into the content. So I really hope you're learning and applying these things to your business so that it can grow and thrive and so that you can live your best and most fulfilled life. I post new episodes every Wednesday, so stay tuned for next week's episode, which is number four in my five-part refocus series. Also, I would love to follow along with you on your journey, so join our Facebook community. HannahBjorndahl.com slash Facebook is where you can find that, or you can send me a DM on Insta. I'm at HannahBjorndahl. I'd love to hear how this is going for you. Make sure to subscribe if you haven't already so you don't miss the last two weeks of this series, and also, if you haven't left me a review yet, I would love to hear from you. Please leave me a review as soon as this episode ends. That is all for this week. I'll see you next week.